On today's episode, I get the pleasure of talking with Michelle Robin, who recently celebrated her 25th anniversary of her process. Michelle has been steeped in healing work and wellness for decades. She owns an integrative healing center in Kansas City. She's a dedicated chiropractor, author, speaker, podcast host, truly dedicating her life to healing others. Her overarching belief in her work and her practices is that you will never heal your body until you heal your heart. She speaks to the power of being honest with ourselves, and once we reveal the wounds, we can heal them. Hope you enjoy today's episode and hearing how the process continues to unfold in her life all these years later. Welcome to Love's Everyday Radius, a podcast brought to you by the Hoffman Institute. My name is Liz Severin, and on this podcast, we engage in conversation and learn from Hoffman graduates. We'll dive deep into their journeys of self-discovery and explore how the process transformed their internal and external worlds. They share how their spirit and light now burn brighter in all directions of their lives. Their love's everyday radius. I am very excited to be talking with Michelle Robin today. Hi, Liz. Excited to be uh, joining you on your uh, show today and sharing about hope and healing. Yeah. So, Michelle, I'm, you are very near and dear to the Hoffman community and world for more reasons than, than I can even name here. But I'd love if you would introduce yourself to the listeners and, and tell us a little bit about what you do in the world and who you are. Well, Liz, I'm, I'm a chiropractor by training. I'm a human being. I'm a, I'm a dog mom. I'm a partner. I'm a community advocate. But my biggest thing that I love sharing is, is well-being. And for me, well-being is based on uh, the quadrants of well-being. My teacher, Dr. Yenny, helped bring acupuncture to America. And so I like to think about it from whole person health, four different areas, mechanical, chemical, energetical, and psycho-spiritual. So it's a perfect fit for the reasons and uh, the why I love the Hoffman Institute. From what I know, you are celebrating a very big anniversary in the Hoffman world. Is that correct? Yeah, 25 years. Where did the time go? I know, that makes me so excited. I cannot believe that. So 25 years since you did the process. Yeah, you know, I did the process in October of 1997. Um, I was uh, six years into practice. Had a phenomenal practice, to be totally transparent. From the outside world, everything was rocking. You know, had the started to build a, a reputation around the Kansas City community. I moved a lot as a kid, so calling Kansas City home has been a big deal. And staying put in one area for as long as I have been has been a huge deal. And um, all of a sudden, I found myself successful on the outside and thinking, gosh, now that I have some money and I have some, uh, I'm going to air quote prestige, that um, I was walking around dead. And I started to realize that I was also serving a lot of people that were walking around dead. And lucky for me, I um, called my minister. I remember on an August of 1997 driving home. Her name was Mary Omwake. And Mary said, I totally get it. You have no joy. You give your joy to everyone else. I was like, whoa. That's big. And she said, you know, I'd highly recommend you go to the Hoffman process. And that was in August. I made my way there in October, continued to try to sabotage my life as much as I could in those eight weeks. So I'm glad that we uh, have a process that happens about every week because sometimes it's like, holy moly, how much damage can you do in eight weeks of your life? 
So yeah, October of 1997 will forever be embedded in my heart as a very special moment of, of awakening. And so that was back then? Were you, were you at the Napa site, the White Sulphur Spring site? I was at the White Sulphur Spring site, uh-huh. Yeah, people do try to cram in some, some big life events in the weeks coming to Hoffman. But what do you think, as you reflect on 25 years, what's been one of, one of the things that sticks with you the most about your time? Well, one thing, I would say probably that I had an aha that I wasn't broken. And I believe that that moment, when you realize you're not broken, you just have bumps in the road, you're able to really heal at another level. Sometimes when you feel like you are kind of hopeless and that there's no way out, and despite the the trauma and drama of my life up until that time, and I've had drama and trauma since then too, by the way. But um, at that point, I think the biggest aha is that I I was not broken. I also um, had an, an aha really afterwards. I think you're so much into this healing time that the ahas come and keep coming days, weeks, years later when you can reflect on that beautiful experience. But I think for me, probably that there was hope that I was going to be able to heal and not be living with the dark cloud that I was never going to be enough in my life. Was there a particular time in the process that this insight came to you? Oh, and Liz, you really tapped my 25-year memory here. I say sitting in the silence and, and, and writing to yourself and, and really connecting to your, your guides are part of it. I would also say that just sitting in that room having a cathartic experience in observation mode. I can, sometimes I can go into an observation mode and you're probably not supposed to do that as a participant, but you know, when you slip in and out of your patterns and realizing that despite how I has saw, had seen my life, there's people that have it better and there's people that have it worse. And so I think sitting, sitting in the big circle was an aha for me as I reflect back and pull into the memories of my time actually on site you know, I still have a little bit of connection of one of my fellow students. That's meaningful. Well, and I just appreciate the the honesty that I'm not broken. There is a, a poster in the room, and I'm sure it was there back then too, or at least the sentiment of, I am not my patterns. And I have found over the years just how freeing that reframe is, right? That we are not an endless fix-it project. There's nothing broken, but it is this journey inward. And we all took on patterns to survive. And so I, I just appreciate you you being honest about that. Well, you know, the one thing the Hoffman process does is helps you get a little bit more honest with yourself about what's tripping you up and keeping you from being your best self. And, you know, one of the things I love is there's a there's a gap from self-love, where you're at in self-love and it's self-care. And the Hoffman is one of the greatest gifts I've ever given myself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, you are very near and dear, as I was saying earlier, to the Hoffman world because your partner is also is a Hoffman teacher. Yeah, you know, Crystal is is a Hoffman teacher, educator, and when I send her out, I'm like, okay, go save some souls because I feel like that that the process it really not only reconnected me to my soul, but it also just really, in a sense, saved me. You know, I believe as you as you get uh, wiser and you have more years behind you and more moments behind you, there's a lot of defining moments in our life and, and the Hoffman process is, is one of those. So I feel very fortunate that I live with somebody who gets a chance to go and serve at that level. And I really do believe that that's part of her path 
And if I'm a, to play a part of that by introducing her to the process, then yay me, but yay the Holy Spirit for the guidance that we get. We've sent so many people. Not, we've sent tons of people. We tell everybody we can about the Hoffman process. I, I give out the uh, pathway to personal love and freedom probably every day in my life, my professional life. And I, I have it pulled up in one of my browsers and I send it to people. I send it the video to somebody. She said, I'm not a really a good reader. I'm like, wait a minute, they have a video. And so I sent the video. Uh, so yeah, Hoffman um, is in our life every day. And so wait, you, you introduced Crystal to the process. Is that what I heard? I did. I did. Um, we met years ago when I first moved to Kansas City to go to chiropractic school and when she was a, a coach and I was refereeing to help pay for my expenses when I was in school. And um, we met then and really didn't, you know, just had a friendly exchange. And, and years later, um, after I had done the process and um, I did, like I said, did 97, we reconnected in 98 at a, at a gathering and we both had gone through some shifts in our life. And voila, I, was, I always say it's been hard to shake her since. But as we we started to go into a relationship. I said the only way that um, I will even consider staying in this is if you agree to go the Hoffman process. When you're newly seeing somebody, it's kind of like, I'll play your reindeer games. And so, you know, being a school counselor at the time, it was like, oh, why? I'll go to Napa for a week and drink some wine. And I, surely I can learn something that will help me in my, in my own professional journey. And she had a little bit of surprise. There was no wine, maybe before and after, but none during. And so, yeah, she did the process um, in 99, actually. So, yes, I always say, I, you know, I always harass my friend Sonia, too. I said, Sonia, I even did the process before you. And so we just kind of all laugh about it. I hear this question a lot. How do I tell people about the process? And I know in your practice, it is something that you said you're handing out the booklet, you're talking about. Is it something you openly talk about to people or is there sort of a, an in that you see with people and you think, ah, I need to tell them about the process? Gosh, that's such a beautiful question. You know, I believe that if you're paying attention and, and a lot of us, you know, are, have a lot of noise in our head, especially when we are dealing with our patterns, you'll start to see that opening one of the things I'll say to them, because I actually get to see people in pain, right? They come to me and yes, I'm a chiropractor, but I would say in the top five things I see is anxiety and I see depression and I see that loss look in their eyes of no hope or very little hope. They're hanging, hanging on by a string. And I, I write people wellness plans. They come to me and they say, okay, you know what? I, I'm watching you, you know, pushing closer to 60 than 50. And I watch how you are, you know, playing pickleball and you're living your best life and you're, you're managing your weight and, and you're managing your skin and, and you don't take any drugs. And tell me what you're doing. I really believe that because I did the process and started really healing my heart, one of my favorite sayings is, is you will never heal your body until you heal your heart. Based on our model, the quadrants of well-being, it, it really lays it open for me. I'm pretty darn lucky that it's easy for me to share. So I, I do want to talk about people out that, that, that don't have it quite as easy as I do. So when I write them a wellness plan, it give them mechanical tips. Of course, you know, quit sleeping on your stomach or do this neck exercise or do this wall angel so you don't get the old lady hunch. And chemistry-wise, hydrate before you caffeinate and eat more real food than, than processed food. And one of my favorites right now is, you know, eating some veggies before you eat anything to kind of help stabilize your blood sugar. And, and then I talk about the energy. And like I said, my early, when we were introduced me, my mentor, Dr. Richard Yenny, 
he um, helped bring acupuncture to America, just all of all places in Kansas City. And uh, I really remember sitting in class with him, Liz. So it's just, when I look back on this journey, you just can't make it up, right? I'm in class with him in the in the late 80s and um, learning acupuncture. And he holds up a manila folder that has mechanical, chemical, energetical, psycho-spiritual. My undergrads in business. I saw operations, marketing, finance, and leadership. I do want to commend the Hoffman process. It is. I, I also, as I was observing, I one of the, my key takeaways is how beautiful it is that you guys open people up a little bit like a flower, and then you close them a little bit. And you open, you close, and you open, you close, and you open, you close. And as you walk out, you're just a beautiful rose that's fully bloomed. But you also know you can kind of constrict if you need to because you have to when you walk out of there back into the air quote real world. So going back to the window for me is pretty easy because then I, we talk about some things they could do energetically, and then we talk about psycho-spiritual. I'll say, you know, I'm going to tell you all these things. And, and the thing is, is health and well-being is not rocket science. It's not this big gap for people, except they don't really value themselves. And when you don't have self-love or self-care, you can't live the life that you're designed to live. And so the table is set for me to offer it pretty easily. But for people out in the community, I'd love to hear what they're doing. But I think when you're a bright light, people want what you got. And I just try to walk out of my house and I miss the mark every single day. But I don't miss it all day anymore. I have more of my takeaways after the process than during. That's just, the, that's just opening up this beautiful package and the gifts keep on coming. And probably one of my biggest gifts is just realizing that I've got to pour into myself and I want to walk out of my home, like I said, being that light. And I, I used to have bad days where I would I would chew on something for days and almost weeks at a time. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Michelle, that's a moment in time. It's not the whole day. It's not even the whole hour. It is a moment in time. So my table is set pretty easy for me to share it, Liz. We are grateful for, for you being that bright light out in the world. But I'm interested, what got you into chiropractic? It seems to be a large, you know, part of your life. Yeah, it's, it's a big part of my life. And, um, you know, people always say to me, Michelle, you're one of those new age chiropractors. And I would tell you that I'm kind of more old style. So I'll give you, I'm going to give you just a little bit of chiropractic history before I tell you what got me in chiropractic, because it'll make much more sense. And, you know, back in the late 80s, when like late 1800s, when chiropractic started, it was really an inside out job. And, and we talk about people are sick for three reasons, as we call it the three T's, thoughts, traumas, and toxins. And so that's kind of embedded into my soul. But at the age of 15, I got hurt playing basketball. My mother took me to the hospital from a small town, about 10,000 people, nothing was broken. And then she took me to the chiropractor. And I always say, thank God that she took me to the chiropractor. And Liz, I remember zero about the chiropractic part of that experience about the, uh, the spinal adjustment. But I remember how they started pouring hope into me. And at that time, you know, I was, I was 15. My mother had just uh, gone through her third divorce and, uh, you know, had, had suffered, like a lot of people, some sexual violence, poverty, and um, really didn't think I mattered. And um, when I look back, I think I was just kind of going through the motions. But the chiropractor, they knew my family's story because I taught their kids bowling lessons. And so they really just, they wrapped their soul around me and they wrapped their heart around me. And I was actually became one of their kids and I ended up working for them. And I fell in love with watching people walk out. They walk in barely and they walk out feeling better. And, and at that time, I really thought it was about the, the chiropractic experience. But as I have evolved through this journey, it really was about the heart and I mattered to them. 
Yeah, so I, I just became part of their family and they just started pouring so much love into me. And it's emotional now to talk about it, to be this young 15, 16 year old. And uh, they started making me believe I matter. And I have a, a sign on my desk that says, you matter, because everybody matters. In chiropractic school, I got a chance to go to a seminar. And one of my mentors through that seminar, Dr. Jack Sibley, said everybody has on their forehead four letters, MMFI, make me feel important. And the problem is, is people can't make you feel important on the outside unless you start to feel important to yourself. Even though they started pouring that into me, it took me, it took the process really to help me go to the next level. So I said, there's been moments in my life that have been uh, life changing and life giving. One of the many moments was meeting uh, Dr. John and Carol Lakin and them kind of wrapping their arms around me. And then of course, Dr. Yenny, who talked about the quadrants and then big deal with Mary Wake, who led me to the Hoffman process. Well, I want to back up a little bit because that was so many things right there that I, I think are so powerful and important. And going back in time to 15-year-old you and finally feeling like someone was loving you and making you feel like you mattered, what do you think it was that made you start to feel that? Was it their love? Like, What were the aspects of that? Time. They started coming to all my basketball games. And my mother never came to my basketball games. And I believe twofold. One, she probably thought I didn't want her to come because I was probably angry with her and told her not to come. So I'm going to own that. She also had her own full life of what she was doing. Their kids were everything to them. And, and sometimes maybe even so much that it, you know, I think you can go the other side. I was swinging to the other side of parent that was more interested in being out, you know, playing bridge and bowling and doing their, their life than being a, a parent. And then these guys were all in. And so I've definitely learned a lot about all or nothing. Time at that moment, uh, showing up. One of my big lessons, I, I kind of have coined the thing about LTRs. If you're in my life, most likely you'll be in my life some level forever, as long as it's a relatively a life-giving relationship. And I call it LTR, lifetime relationship. And they really taught me about showing up. I believe that's one thing that the process does for you. Once you start to unpack and open this beautiful flower that you are, you start to show up for yourself. You've got to do that before you can do that for other people really efficiently, in my opinion. And then, then you get a chance to be a go-giver. They were go-givers in my life. I remember when I graduated high school, they gave me, they'd been in Japan and they brought me back this beautiful Nikon camera. And now that I know the cost of things, I'm like, holy moly, they invested time, money, love. They would feed me, all kinds of things like that. And so they were really go-givers in my life. And they really taught me a lot about that. And then they celebrated. They celebrated who I was and, and how I showed up. And then they, they spent that one-on-one -on -one time. So for me, that's probably what made a life-giving moment. I love thinking about life-giving relationships and life-giving moments because it's, it can be hard to even understand, what is that? How do I foster those relationships? What in your words, the across your forehead, MMFI, like what does make me feel important? And so being able to whittle that down to time and love and just these moments make it seem so achievable, right? To share in that with other people, but also recognize the simplicity of connection and love. You know, I'm glad you used the word simple. One of my other favorite quotes is, life is really simple. We insist on making it complicated. That's by Confucius. And that's what the process does. It helps you kind of realize that it's really pretty darn simple. You know, when you catch yourself in a, in a moment that you're not being your best self, 
look at it. Okay, why am I not being my best self? Why am I being jealous or, or judgmental or obsessive compulsive? And go, is that truly how I want to show up? I remember a moment when I got home from the process, probably in the summer. So it would have been spring, summertime. So I went in October. So it gives you six or eight months. I lived in the country and I was blowing off the leaves off my driveway, being a little OCD about it, Liz, going back and getting that one that would fall down, you know, and I started chuckling. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a perfect pattern, example of a pattern right now. Um, It doesn't have to be perfect. You live in the country. So that was one of those life-giving moments that you're able to shift pretty quick because of the simplicity of the the words and the the moments that you have at the process that opens up that beautiful flower. I'm laughing because I just spent hours yesterday raking leaves. (laughs) I was struck by a very similar pattern of why won't all these leaves go away? Like every time the wind blows, more just kept falling. And I uh, I had to do a very similar thing, just walk away and say, "Eh, I did the best I could with getting all these leaves in this time frame. I'm done. And is it really going to change my life that there's two or three leaves that are going to be on the driveway? No. Right. There's more than two or three left on mine, but it's not. I'm just hoping for a bigger storm (laughs) to go take them away. Um, But one thing that I am always fascinated by uh, with body workers and just in this wellness world is the, the saying, what the mind represses, the body expresses. And I'm curious to hear what correlation over the years you've noticed between, you know, body, emotions, trauma, you name it, but what you've noticed with your own, with your own work. As a chiropractor, we're taught to use our hands and sensitize our hands. One way we learn how to palpate is we palpate hairs through phone book pages, and that helps sensitize our fingertips. And so people always say to me, how do you go right to the spot? It's almost like there's a laser and you feel the shift in energy. And so I remember this young person that came in to see me, 28 years old at the time, uh, taking about 30 pills a day for Crohn's disease. They came for low back pain, by the way. That's when people at that time were coming to see me mostly for pain. And I touched her low back and I was like, holy moly, there was so much rage. And I said, wow, you get some anger going on in your life? They said yes, and they almost never came back, by the way. Uh, I said, you know what, let let me think about what I would recommend for you, and and come see me tomorrow, and I'll write up some ideas. And they said, oh my gosh, what a quack, and um, left, and almost never came back. And the next day, um, they came back. I'm not quite sure, possibly the spirit, uh, possibly couldn't get into another chiropractor, whatever the reason. And so they came in, and... um, I said, you know, here's what your body was telling me. It told me that your, your body's toxic. I think you're probably eating some foods that aren't supporting you. When I touch your, your low back, I just feel all this rage. And I'm not sure what's going on in your life that you have a lot of rage about. Yes, in the x-rays show that you have some, um, what we treat are called subluxations, um, as well as some posture issues. I, I'm seeing all that. Plus, you know, you're about 75 pounds. You've got some extra weight you're carrying. And I said, a lot of times for me, that extra weight on the outside is all the weight you're carrying on the inside. And for whatever reason, they said yes, and they stuck around. And they were not living their dream. They were working for some family members and they weren't happy doing it because they had so smart, but they kept, they could go to college to be in healthcare, then they would quit and kind of fall back on some old patterns. For whatever reason, like I said, they just, there was just the, the trust and time and they were ready. They started listening. And they also did the process in October, have celebrated doing the process oh, a dozen years, I believe, and just actually did the refresh. 
They are now no medication, living their healthcare dream in a relationship that they feel valued and seen and still bumping up. Here's the deal. It's not, it's not, you're not one and done. The Hoffman process will help you clear out a lot of clogs in the drain. So you're going to still get some minor clogs in there because of maybe all the hair not being cleared out. They have just shifted their life and they will say it to me every time I see them. That changed my life. And that was within day one in August to 60 days later that they signed up to go to the process. And I believe it's because I just cared about them. I witnessed them. I lived the life. You know, I'm not the five-letter F word. You know what the five-letter F word is, Liz? Fraud. I don't want to be that person. And I want to be honest with my struggles. I want to be honest. I'm going to eat French fries. and I'm going to have chocolate. And I'm going to have alcohol. But I'm not going to do it very often because I know what it does to my body because I'm listening. And the Hoffman process teaches you how to listen to the inner noise or the inner voice that's also your cheerleader and not just the critic. So would you say that the first step to starting to heal your heart, but also when it, when it comes down to what the mind is repressing, the body is going to express is to just make yourself feel heard and seen. You matter. Yeah, you matter. I think you got to reveal it to heal it. And so you've got to be able to start to open up that can and start to pull out some of the worms in that can that are keeping you from being the person that, that we were designed to be. So I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I, like I said, I, the words I use, you got you to reveal it to heal it. And the body does keep a score. We know that. And so part of listening to your body is going, gosh, you know what? I am feeling that there. Why am I feeling that there? Typically in my business, pain doesn't typically start the moment you have it. It's been creeping up unless you had a, unless you have a significant trauma like an accident or something like that. It's been kind of building up and we kind of just close our eyes and close our ears and don't listen to it thinking it's going to go away and it just kind of gets louder and louder and louder and next thing you know, you're on your knees. And so, yes, you got to reveal it to heal it. And are there any small ways that you recommend to move some of this energy through our body? Well, you know, we have a whole teaching platform, podcast and um, books and everything on the called, called small changes, big shifts. I don't think you can dive right in. People have got to build some trust because there's such a lack of trust amongst humanity right now. I think the first thing you do is just sit with people and witness them and give them tiny ideas. You know what? Have you thought about hydrating? Have you thought about you do maybe a minute of exercise every hour because motion will help move it through, but you just can't go right in for the heart because people have got it chained up. You guys know that from doing the work you do. So I just, it's just the slow steps, do the little things, the small changes that will make huge shifts. And we, I approach that from the quadrants, even approach it so much that we've created a 52 well-being snackable deck. So it's snacks for your well-being based on the quadrant. So there's 13 for mechanical, 13 for chemical, 13 for energetical, 13 through psycho-spiritual. And we just teach people little things, you know, for psycho-spiritual, we talk about gratitude. We talk about making a morning routine or an evening routine or maybe uh, energy, taking a hot bath or doing some breath work and chemistry. The chemical we've talked about, you know, hydrate before you caffeinate, more real food than processed food. Gosh, do you need some vitamin D? Do you need to quit eating three hours before bed? And of course, mechanicals is motion is lotion, whether it's seeing your chiropractor or your massage therapist. I believe that most people don't value their self-care financially or time-wise. I'd say, um, Liz, my number one spend every month is my, is my well-being, every month. So the four quadrants, chemical, mechanical, energetic, and spiritual, 
Is there any correlation that you see between those and the four aspects or the quadrinities uh, that we learned at Hoffman? You know, um, I've not studied enough. I'm, I'm sure there's some connection. Um, I would really, that's a great thing to, for me to sit and process with uh, Crystal. We've, not, we've never done that, by the way, how they all fit with the quadrinity. I, there's some crossover for sure. And just like everything overlaps, without a doubt, it's, it's not just the mechanics or not just the mind. It's also the heart and you've got the body listening in and you've got the soul. So um, I'm sure there's some way it connects. Yeah, absolutely. And for energetic, what are some tips or how would we access that quadrant? Well, from a Chinese medicine perspective, you can look at your chi. If you wanted to have an outside practitioner, um, I think acupuncture in my life is is a must to try to keep that energy flowing. We all, you know, we get our chi from three sources. We get it originally, we get our lifestyle chi, we get our soul chi. And then we also get uh, chi from our parents. And the one that we could really affect is our lifestyle. And so that would be, how are you managing your devices? Like, I really don't like to sleep with a, a device on my body or any earrings, anything that has any type of polarity. It could be, you know, tapping into your breath. It could be a way to do it. It could be also maybe doing some qigong or setting the feng shui in your office or feng shui in your desk. Those are some examples. I love this idea of the quadrants because as I'm listening to this, it makes it really helps divide up these different aspects of our wellness. And so I, I love that. And I appreciate those examples and little snippets or reminders, the snacks. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, let me just tag on that just a little bit longer is when you think about anything in life, it's like a car. A car has four wheels. You know, if you only have three, it's, it's, it may drive, but it's not going to drive down the road very efficiently. And if we focus on the four different areas, whether it's the quadrinity or the quadrants of well-being, all of a sudden we flow through life a little bit easier. It doesn't mean we're not going to hit some bumps in the road, but it makes it a little bit more enjoyable. And I'm in this season of my life, I just, I want to make the journey more enjoyable. And by trying to continue to eliminate some of the noise in my head or my heart or in my body as it's, uh, as, it, as it's aging, all of a sudden I'm able to enjoy the moments. I have a sign that a friend gave me who's also done the process, by the way. I just realized it makes me emotional how many people around me have done the process and the community is really important and that's what you guys are great about and I thank God for this moment and I'm enjoying this moment reliving my experience and, and then the gratitude of the gifts that I've received not only from the process but around the process and the community that um, I've built around the process of people that are like-minded and we're here trying to be better stewards of the energy and of the limited time that we've been given. And that makes me think of your original coming full circle. Your original reason to going to the process was feeling like you had no joy and that you had given, you've given away to other people. How have you reclaimed your joy and brought that back into your life for you? I think honoring myself, honoring my spirit. I work at it every day. You know, I have a little kind of morning prayer ritual. I don't get it done every day. I give myself A days, B days, and C days. And um, unfortunately, I run a little bit too fast, like the average human being, because I forget that I'm a spiritual being sometimes. But in those moments when I'm able to just take a breath and be grateful for like my pickleball friends that, you know, started during COVID, what a gift from COVID to have something that I actually love doing. It's building community and it's helping me stay healthy. From the moments of 
just taking a breath. And sometimes, I don't know, Liz, I'll be driving to my office and I'll just kind of do a little check-in and I'll be like, you know what? You're really clear and you're really focused because I don't know about you, but the days you're not clear and focused or the moments you're not clear and focused, you really appreciate the ones you're clear and focused. I have so much clarity the majority of the time, probably 90% of the time I feel dialed in. And there's the 10% of the time that I'm not, that just wrecks havoc on my life, that I'm continuing to try to you know, minimize that. But I think that's part of this whole thing called life. I think once I get that down to 100%, I will be, um, as I say, uh, dancing in heaven with the Holy Spirit. Well, and it reminds me of just how important it is. We spend a lot of time focusing perhaps on that 10%. How can I have done that better? How can I have done that differently? But at times then, we skate over the 90% that we were dialed in, that life was beautiful, that we were experiencing joy. And so it is just this reminder to me to call that out more, to spend time acknowledging the good. Yeah, one of my favorite questions, and my clients will even actually come in, sometimes you don't realize the impact you have. I'm extremely humbled when I say this. Do not take it for granted one minute that God has put me in a position to give people wisdom. And I don't take that lightly at all. But they'll say, I I was thinking, ask me the question, ask me the question I was thinking. (laughs) And I'll start giggling. I'm like, what question? Tell me something that's working in your life. And so, or they'll say, you know, remember when you told me that 20 years ago? I'm like, I really don't remember. And so words really matter. And so one of my favorite questions is, tell me what's something good that's happened today. Instead of saying, how are you? You know, I just say, tell me something good. And they'll say, Michelle, I can't think of anything. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to tell you what I observed with you coming in today. One, I saw you walking on your own two feet. Two, I saw that your eyes are still working and that you're able to hear me and your hands are working. We take for granted this beautiful gift of life and this physical and chemical and energetical and psycho-spiritual body. And as you said it, we focus on the, the 10%. And, and I'm, I'm guilty, guilty as charged in some moments. But they're moments. They're not hours. They're not days. They're not weeks. And so for those of you that just have done the process, celebrate that. I can actually almost, Liz, go back to the moment now where I feel the dissonance. You know, when you're rocking and rolling through life and and you're like, wow, this is really great. And then all of a sudden you hit a speed bump and then you're sucking your thumb and you're like, what happened? But I can go back. You know what? At 10 o'clock, you were fine. Something changed at 1020. What happened between 10 o'clock and 1020 that flipped your switch into a pattern or into this negative Nancy? And so that's one of the gifts of the process. That's one of the many gifts is being able to say, Michelle, it's a moment. It's not your entire day. It's not your entire hour. I love that too. But once again, right, I'm looking over it. You can't see my eyes, but I'm looking at it. Thank God for this moment. And I'm grateful for this moment with you. I'm grateful for all the moments that I've had in my life because I said yes to myself and did the process. Thank you so much for today, Michelle. You are wise beyond belief. And I have learned so much from talking with you today and interested to just even continue to explore some of these aspects for myself on a deeper level. And I just want to say thank you. And I want to give a shout out to the teachers and all the workers that <laughs> graciously take my phone calls or emails where I'm like, I got somebody that's, they are just, they got to get to the process sooner than later. I want to give a shout out to your team. I know what it's like to give every single inch of your moment to somebody else. Um, and I want you to know you matter. 
you're changing lives. You're, you truly are saving souls. Literally, when I send Crystal out the door, I'm like, honey, go, go save some souls. Yes, it's a long 10 days, but I know that there's people out there that are going to get reconnected with their divine essence. And that ripple is going to continue to ripple out to the world. And that's the work your team's doing at the Hoffman process. And I do not take it for granted and do not take it lightly. And I hope that um, you feel the love and you feel the big hugs that I'm sending your way. For all the listeners who are saying, gosh, Michelle, how do I take my experience to the next level? It's all around you. Just open your eyes. Continue to open your heart. You'll see some wisdom. Here's some wisdom that came to me uh, over the last couple of years. Um, if you want this to be your year, don't sit on the couch and wait for it. Go out, make a change, smile more, be excited, do new things, throw away clutter. That includes the clutter that you put in your body, the foods that don't serve you. And you, most of you know it. I know you do because I talk to you, people like you every day that say, I know that doesn't serve me. Unfollow negative people on social media. Go to bed early. Wake up early. Don't gossip. Show more gratitude. Do things that challenge you and be brave. So to all my Hoffman, fellow Hoffman uh, people, you're brave. You're braver than you know. Take the next step and you will not be disappointed. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. My name is Liza Ingrassi. I'm the CEO and president of Hoffman Institute Foundation. And I'm Ras Ingrassi, Hoffman teacher and founder of the Hoffman Institute Foundation. Our mission is to provide people greater access to the wisdom and power of love. In themselves, in each other, and in the world. To find out more, please go to hoffmaninstitute.org.